I'm going to shut this puppy down and I'm going to go back to work for somebody else. Well, that's what my guest today, Leslie Hassler, mused at one point in her career. Instead, she turned it around 150%. Leslie is going to speak with us today about her experiences growing multiple six-figure businesses and about the concept cash forward and insight she gleaned in helping her clients to scale rich. Welcome to our show. Welcome to Off My Duff, the entrepreneur podcast. Off My Duff is all about getting off your backside and finally, making your impact by living your truth. If you are an entrepreneur with a heart to help others, you're in the right place. We chat with guests from seven figures to just starting out because that's how we roll. Off My Duff is the nudge you need to expand your business and slay resistance. So, without further ado, I invite you to get off your duff, and let's get started. Now, here's your host, Duff Gardner. Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to Off My Duff, the entrepreneur podcast. I'm your host, Duff Gardner, and I am really excited to speak to a brand new friend of mine, who has some really interesting stuff to talk about if you are trying to scale your business. And her name is Leslie Hassler. She hails from Dallas, Texas. And as we're speaking, they're going through a bit of a cold spell. So I'm very excited to have her here on a very chilly kind of morning afternoon. Leslie, welcome to our show. Welcome to Off My Duff. Howdy. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, 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 no, I, I, we were talking earlier and I hail from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. So we think of ourselves as the, the kind of the Dallas of Canada. We were cowboys and et cetera. So I feel like we're kindred spirits already. It's just been added to my bucket list of places to go see then. Yeah. You got to come check out the stampede when we can, <laughs> when we can start traveling and stuff again. That'd be great. That'd be great. Your topic that you speak to entrepreneurs about, I think is super important. And so you talk about cash flow and profitability. Maybe mm-hmm. tell me a little bit more about your point of view with respect to that. Sure. So I work primarily with service-based businesses, and I think we have a really interesting relationship with our cash flow and our profitability. And if even if you look at like the eight out of 10 reasons that businesses fail, they're almost all related to cash. Yeah. Either we don't have enough of it. We can't manage it. We can't grow it. A whole plethora of reasons there. Can't hire the right team because we can't afford them, all these things. Well, typically, historically, and granted, we've had a couple of years of some, you know, crazy times, but typically for service-based businesses, getting funding Mm -hmm. for growth and scalability is really challenging. And when we work with people, one of the things we try to do is push them into a cash forward position, right. which means that they're funding their own growth and scalability, because there's some things that happen with growth that kind of eat, not create cash. Right. And we just have to change some of the mindsets around that. So that's why, you know, there's one saying that I love to share, and it's uh, revenue is vanity, profit is sanity, and cash is queen. Okay. And it has a lot to do with that. So many business owners are focused on top line, but honestly, if you do a little work behind the scenes, you can be more profitable at lower revenue numbers so that you generate cash and you can fund your own growth. 
Yeah, totally agree. And there's, you know, I think our relationship to time, money, energy as entrepreneurs, these are some of the really important things that we have to grapple with. And so I'm really glad we're surfacing this conversation um, in the podcast. Uh, you know, we, we offline, we were talking about some examples of people who struggle with cash flow and that. Now, I know you typically work with folks who are somewhere in kind of the low, mid, six-figure range and above. So talk to me about those people and kind of why, why they come to you. So a lot of times where we're where we've headed is that they've had some level of success. Yeah. There's some stability. They they can produce clients. Mm-hmm. Um, typically, where they're getting though is that they can't take on more clients, and they're not making more money for these more clients. In fact, right. what they've seen is there's less and less left over at the end of the day. And so what they come looking for is they're really getting frustrated and going, good gravy, is this even worth it? Mm-hmm. Um, but they still believe in it. They still believe in their work that they're doing. They still believe in the potential and they likely have a really big vision right. to be even larger than they are so they can have more impact and, and legacy in their community. And really what we have to do at that time is you, you mentioned it a little bit, like our relationship to money and our relationship to time. Mm-hmm. The other thing we have to rewrite is our relationship to work. Because at the lower levels, oftentimes, it's about transitioning the business center from doing all the work to the business center, ensuring the work gets done. Mm -hmm. That's a big difference, right? Yeah, it is. And we do that through our team and process and, and systems and simplification. We love to complicate business and really um, simple things work really, really well. Uh, so there's, you know, that is a really a refinement and kind of starting to work on the foundations of scaling. Yeah. At a higher level, I've seen some service-based businesses get into that seven figures by sheer effort, <laughs> yeah. sheer effort, sheer spirit, sheer strength and brilliance. But they get to that million dollar mark and they thought, man, where's my prize? Like, where's the reward? I made it. Where is it? What you know? Where's my fairy to give me the ding me over the head with her <laughs> the wand? Million dollar fairy, yeah. There we go. Now here's your Ooh. crystal ball. Um, you know, so there's just some things that we think are going to happen in business that don't play out that way, and we are in such a age of change and exponential, rapid change mm-hmm. that a lot of our practices are built on old constructs. And so we've got to redefine some of these things and really look at what is simple. How do we get exponential and how do we get out of the way to allow all this momentum and effort that we're building in our business to actually germinate and bear fruit? Yeah, I love this message. You know, we're living in a time when there's going to be a lot of people who are changing. The relationship to work is going to completely change going forward, like completely. And so um, I have a term for it. It's like the accidental entrepreneur, like, you know, job, your job is disrupted. Suddenly you've got a contract. Then somebody's asking you to take on another contract, uh, you know, and then you're self-employed suddenly, and you're trying to figure out how to grow this thing and how to sustain it. Um, you mentioned, you know, I asked you what a foot in the door conversation might be. And so we went on to talk offline a little bit about perhaps that, that person who's lived in a corporate milieu they, for whatever reason, stepped out or, or thinking about stepping out into working for themselves as a service-based entrepreneur. 
mm-hmm. and they hit this wall where they're like, what the heck am I doing? Should I quit and go back to corporate? Yeah. You know, so tell me more about that because I think that's uh, going to be a huge trend in the coming years. Yeah. So there's a couple of things there. Um, you mentioned the accidental entrepreneur and I completely identify with that 14 yeah. years ago. That's how I got started. Oh, really? Um, yeah, totally. Found out on Wednesday that I wasn't going to have a job by Monday and I opened up a business. Five wow. days of whole planning. <laughs> um, you know, and, and I've learned a lot since then. So that happens. And sometimes that's the uh, inciting incident that brings you into this wonderful space. And it is a wonderful space. But sometimes somewhere along the way, you're going to think to yourself, what am I doing this for? should I quit, you know, just shut the puppy down. And usually it's, it's a little stronger language than that. Mm-hmm. But usually it's like, should I just shut this down, go back to work, where at least I get paid more, I get to take vacation, I get benefits. And I cannot tell you how many networking or conferences I've been at where I've watched the business center say virtually those exact same words. And I think that's a crucial point to say, okay, I've had enough with the way I thought it should be built and I'm ready for a new way. And so if you're having that conversation, the easy choice, I'm going to be honest, the easy choice is to go get a corporate job. It it is. And for some, I've helped some people go there because it's the right choice too. But I do believe that there's so much greater potential for you to have prosperity as a business owner than as a corporate employee, it's just going to take you doing something different enough to achieve a different enough result. Yes. Yeah. And and, and to be honest, a big part of being an entrepreneur is um, picking up the skills as you go to kind of disentangle yourself from some of the internal voices that are going to get in the way of you making it work, you know, and that's such a big thing. It doesn't matter what level you're at, but yeah, it's such an important conversation. And so I feel like I want to dive into this, uh, as you said, an inciting incident, because that's, that's a very interesting story. And I think for a lot of my listeners, they'll be fascinated by what you did, because that's a shocking thing that happened to you. Um, And at the same time, it's not particularly unique. No. Tell me more about how you got into what you do. So, um, okay, so I've been an entrepreneur for 14 years. The first business I went into doing what it was that I did, which was interior design and remodeling. And I'd worked for small business owners and did a great job. Like nobody ever let me go because I didn't do a good enough job. Generally was because there wasn't enough money. Mm -hmm. And uh, at that time, after I got over the, what are the seven stages of grief? um, (laughs) It came down to, I still wanted to do what I wanted to do. And it just felt like the most stable place to do that was for myself. So I opened up shop. We took off. I was hiring within nine months. Um, We were really doing gangbusters and multiple six figures at that point in time within, you know, 12 months, 13 months. That's not too shabby. Mm -hmm. Um, Doing really well. As cocky as all get out. And then we hit 08 and 09 where my luxury because I deserve it, business tanked (laughs) hard, hard. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, not too dissimilar for a lot of people with 2020. I lost, I felt like 50% of my business overnight and it was demoralizing. And I, 
I worked the problem, but I worked the problem by like trying to copy everything everybody else was doing, oh. but not a understanding what went behind it. B addressing the right problems in my business, you know, and that kind of went on for two years and it was a very depressing, I did not like who I was during those two years. I don't think my employees still don't like me. <laughs> I'm pretty sure just wasn't a good person. Well, I, it wasn't that I wasn't a good person. I just wasn't in a good space. Yeah. Um, a couple of years later though, I was sitting in a conference with a hundred other leading firms in the nation who I felt like, man, they all had it figured out. So what was my problem? And I had just, I think I had just approved like $323.11 for new, are you ready for it? Stationary, because we just redid our logo because you know, a new logo will make the work come in. I was just putting all my eggs in baskets. It does <laughs> No, <laughs> isn't that amazing? Oh my God. Isn't that amazing? But I, I did have a very like spinning, I was balling in the middle of this ballroom with a hundred other firms. Um, and I kind of did the, okay, it's time to put up or shut. I, I know I'm smart. I know I work hard, but I'm missing it. I'm just so missing it. So that's really probably that turning point where I was sitting here and do I just shut this puppy down and go back to work for somebody else? But I just felt too much of a calling, you know, too much of a, of a need to be doing that and um, got help. We grew the back that business 150% in six months. Wow. By paying attention to the right things. Oh, okay. And really doing the simple, not sexy, not shiny, <laughs> not shiny object things um, to turn things around. But this business, um, I will say like what led me to this business was that business more sucked my soul than fed my soul. Got it. And so even with the growth, even with the income, even with the team, I wasn't happy. And so it was two years of conversations with God of going, okay, if it's not this, then what? Where am I going? Where am I doing? And what I figured out at the end of the day is I love business. I geek out on it. It's my puzzle. You know, it's my crossword puzzle in the morning. I can't stop thinking about it. So this is my playground doing, you know, consulting and, and coaching is, is definitely my playground. And we've right. been doing it for the last seven years. Cool. Um, yeah. So that's, that's a great story. Uh, I like that you call it your puzzle in the morning. <laughs> Cause a lot of people, like, I think our family members sometimes look at us like we're crazy or something when we're entrepreneurs, uh, but it's fun and it should be fun. And that's an important consideration. So yeah, I love it that you actually find it fun. I've never thought of it as a puzzle though, but I like not a jigsaw puzzle anyway, but <laughs> although maybe it is right. Because there's all these pieces that have to get put together. And so, you know, obviously that's where your, your past experience in interior design and remodeling comes in. Cause essentially that's kind of a similar skill, isn't it? How to put yeah. your business together. Yeah. Problem solving on the fly. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, now, you mentioned earlier about 4% of business owners at the scalability stage. You were talking a little bit about that. Can we pick up on that conversation a little bit? Yeah. So if you think about it, when you look at businesses across their journey, you yeah. know, 80% never really leave under six figures. So there's sure. this bulging, bulging beginning. Right. And then at the two and a half plus figure, that's yeah. our next big 
group, maybe of 10% businesses. But in between, when you're working on scalability, it's this 4% little sliver. So we have this whole missing middle to our a stratosphere of economy, if you will, within small businesses. So really the reason why I enjoy working in this area is because the business owners are doing just such amazing work. Um, They're so called to what they're doing and they're smart. They just have never been where they are and they don't know how to get to that next level. And so they're great doers. (laughs) I was like, my my people don't have problem with the do. They have problem understanding what's the right thing to do. Right. And how do they need to up-level themselves to make that possible? Right, right. So it really is that missing middle. You know, if uh, if you've got 80 and 10, you know, then 10% between the big major breaks of six figures to multiple seven figures. Right, of course. And um, so you're talking also about, uh, uh, you've built this quiz. We're going to tell people more about yeah. it later, but it's called scalingrich.com. That's the URL. People can go to that actually and check it out. Um, but tell me about the quiz that you've built. So the quiz is really fun and it's based on that 4%. Like, do you have what it takes to be a part of this 4% and move into, you know, the top 10% of businesses? And so what we'll do is we just kind of look a little bit at your journey. We look a little bit of what you've been working on and then what's standing in your way. And through the quiz, uh, really give you that next best step and right. a little bit more insight. So we've had people take the quiz and they're like, are you like watching me because you got it right? Like I just work with enough people that I can see the trends and can help you. So we, we love to say, we'll help you figure out what to do first, what to do next, and then maybe what to never do again. Right. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. And so uh, I should just mention this again, people can go to scalingrich.com and you can check out that quiz. We'll have that in the show notes as well. Uh, Now we were talking also about the different ways that you work with clients. So that's Mm -hmm. kind of an interesting thing too. Maybe tell us a little bit more about that, Leslie. Yeah. So we, we basically have three ways that we work with clients right now, and it really is about matching, um, where they are, what's appropriate for them to be investing in and right. being impactful. So at the at one end, we have our group coaching. Um, we have the Thrive and Flourish program. So it's part evergreen coursework that is 15 minute lessons with cheat sheets that right. really help you get stuff done. Yeah. But it's also about having that community um, having access to me to ask questions. You know, one of the things that I was so frustrated with when I was struggling and, and trying to figure out the answers is nobody would answer a question. And so we wanted an environment where you could ask the questions with people that were either thinking it today mm-hmm. or they thought it two months ago or maybe even a year ago. And you could just lean into the community because everybody has similar goals and is wanting to go similar ways. So that's kind of one area that I, I love. That's a bit, that's a passion project for me. Sure. Um, we have on the other side, we have our one-to-one work and that typically is a year long. I like to say that when we're going to make big change in a business, we don't want to capsize the business. So we typically you know, start off with maybe a Kia Soul and and we take it apart the engine piece by piece and put it back together. So you're still earning income, but at the end, maybe you have a Tesla. So that takes a little bit longer time, a little bit more meaningful investments. Um, But that has tremendous uh, change for the people that are looking for 
multi six figure or getting into seven figure kind of growth. So we really get good results with that. And then in between, we have people that just need a little shot in the arm, you know, and so we're here for them. Um, most likely we do our business audit where we really look at their performance over three years, their finances, their cash flow and say, hey, here's what the numbers mean. Here's your opportunities. Here's how you could quickly generate cash. And here's what growth could look like for you. Right. Yeah, I like like that word audit scares people, but it's also it's a good thing for when you've got control of the process, because what it does is it gives you clarity um, about your numbers. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't tell you how many people I work with who don't know their underlying numbers. And it's kind of this subtle anxiety that just hangs around everything that you do when you don't really know your numbers. At least that's my experience. So I love it. Like when you like your process about knowing these things, to me, it's like the foundation for success, you know, is if you know these things, um, you know, like in our industry, getting support is one of those things that can help people get to the next level. This is another one of those things. It is, you know, nobody I work with is a numbers person. I'll be honest. And even some of the people that say they're more numbers people, they still don't know what to look at. It's like, I don't know, for me, it's like reading Shakespeare or legalese. It's saying something. It's just, what is it saying? And so all the time, because numbers is scary for people, money is scary for people, and and there's this fear of judgment. I, I liken to say, my job is not to judge your zeros. My, my job is to make the zeros possible. And so I'm here to show you the path to making that possible for, what, for how it feels good for you, because that sure. really looks different person to person. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, now, one thing that's cool about you is that you're Um, I tell my listeners this, I'm a rescue dog person and you have rescued a rescue pup. Yes, Sander. So what kind of, what, what, what got you interested in rescue dogs? We actually only adopt rescue animals. So um, our first dogs were a great Dane and a white lab pit bull mix. Um, I took the white labs passing really tragically um, and so it took a while. We got mm-hmm. a rescue cat that acts like a dog in the middle, but then, um, I promised my boys we'd eventually get a dog. And so we found Xander and he, I, oh my gosh, he could not be so any more perfect for our family. He's such a sweet and smart. Oh golly. He's smart. He's just really smart, <laughs> you know, dog. And the thing is, he's, he was abandoned as a puppy tied to a tree because he had Parvo with he and uh-huh. his sister. And a good Samaritan found him, paid for treatment. The sister, unfortunately, did not make it. Um, and Xander was kind of left. And even the foster family, they're like, we've never seen a dog with this spirit. You know, he just didn't complain. He didn't whine. He was just quiet and just, mm-hmm. you know, it's just kind of a testament to who he is. So we're really excited that he's part of our family. Um, he's going to be very sad when everybody has to go back to their jobs and school and, and all that stuff. He's going to be like, mom, you're not enough. I mean, honestly, we got to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I have this personal thing. Rescue dogs heal. You know, it's amazing the impact they can have. And as entrepreneurs, man, they, they can be the, the sort of emotional support we need to get over the hump. So I think that's awesome that you, your, um, com- your compassion is shining through with that. So. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, now, speaking about uh, uh, sort of mindset issues and that, like yeah. I always like to ask my guests about this topic of resistance. 
And the reason I like to ask my guests that, and we talked about this offline a little bit, is that I, I, I hadn't really ever heard the word. And I, when I stepped into this world of service-based entrepreneurship, I would hear it all the time. And so I'm always curious what people think. So what is your relationship to this word resistance in your business, Leslie? So I do have a tendency to shine a light on people's resistance. So a lot of times when I speak, I open up and I'm like, look, you're going to have your negative Nelly or your doubting Dan come in and say, that doesn't work. She doesn't know what she's talking about. It won't work for me. I tried that. It didn't, you know, all those things we say. That is resistance showing up. And what I have found is, is that the stronger the resistance that shows up, the greater the opportunity on the other side of the door. Okay. And so if my work brings up that resistance, I always say, write it down, write down whatever we talked about and then dig into it a bit because chances are that's the thing you need to work on first. It is your gateway, you know? So I think what we have a tendency to do is we get resistance and we run 180 from it. Mm -hmm. Instead, we need to rewrite the resistance story and go through it. I love that, rewriting the resistance story. I love that so much. Uh, It reminds me when we were talking offline, there's certain truisms that you have. One of them you said right off the top before we got online, where you said time is your product as a service-based entrepreneur. Um, But, but, uh, you know, what are some of your truisms or even, I guess, you know, like in your journey as an entrepreneur, what is the biggest insight you've learned along the way? Oh, golly. I know for service-based businesses, I say time and time again, you cannot make up in volume what you lose in margin. So be careful of discounting. Be careful of not having great healthy profit margins and things mm-hmm. like that because you're not a product. Your, right. your, your time is finite. <laughs> so our goal is to be as profitable as soon as small not um, as great. And that, you know, I like to say profit is an intention, not a reward. There's no Uh, profit fairy. There's no profit fairy. You will never be enough. Like, you know, there's nobody waiting around to say, duff, you worked hard enough. No profit fairy. No profit fairies. Well, I'm pretty sure in my neighborhood, there's a profit squirrel. It runs across in front of my window all the time. And I'm sure that's what he's saying to me. <laughs> I'm certain of it, squirrel. You're a profit squirrel. But I love what you said about it's an intention, because that's a really yeah. important distinction rather than a destination. It's an intention. That's important. Yeah. And I think that's important about business as a whole, especially in today's age, if you're online or not online, you know, services. Your intention sets the tone. It's like, you know, you've heard uh, for runners, if you want to run faster, face forward. Don't look behind you. Don't look to the side. And that's a bit of what intention does is it says, I'm Mm -hmm. going this direction. So a vision, a mission, a purpose, those are all intentions. Your goals, that's an intention. Your Mm -hmm. boundaries and your rules, those are intentions. If you don't write them, guess what? Somebody else will. And you won't like them in the end. Very good point. Yeah. Somebody else will. Yeah. It reminds me, I was driving my car through a tunnel the other day and it's exactly that, you know, when you start learning how to drive, you're kind of watching the sides and kind of Mm -hmm. conscious of being in the middle of the lane. But as you get better, you're always looking ahead and that's what you're focused on. And it's a very similar idea um, around the idea of an intention. Common sense. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
Um, you know, the biggest thing that for me in this conversation that I loved is this concept of cash forward. And I feel like we just need to circle back to that term because it's so yeah. important, I think. Yeah, it is. Um, if you if you can get into the fact that your profits and your cash are not intentions, but tools, okay. then you can push cash forward in your business. And it does take a little bit of time to, I don't know, rejig things so that it works. Sure. But, you know, one way you can do that is through profit plans. Um, if you haven't read Profit First, I would highly recommend it. It's a little mm -hmm. overcomplicated for most business centers, but great right. theory. Um, and then doing things like a predictive cash flow, which mm. marries a budget with a pipeline so that you can look out forward. The tool that we like to use shows you individual day balances for up to 10 years in the future. So you know I manage my different my money differently when I can see what happens to it in 30, 90, 120 days than I do if I'm just looking at my bank balance. Right, right. Right. So the cash forward puts you back into control. It allows you to make gro growth and scalability maneuvers and not be dependent on that money today. You give it time. And so our goal when we get cash forward, I tell people all the time, is like, I want you to go from working on tomorrow's money today to working on next year's money today. That is stability, that is strength, and that is scalability. And it's strategic. It's not reactive. There's so much better headspace <laughs> yeah. as a business owner that you can just be smarter and, you know, almost just be a truer version of who you have the potential to be when you can get cash forward in your business. Wonderful. Yeah. It's such an important message. I, you know, I, I, we're just kind of getting to know each other. I, I love the conversation. I think it's such an important topic and um, yeah, I'm honored that you came on Doff My Doff today, Leslie. It's fantastic to meet you. And I know, all the listeners are going to really enjoy this episode. So thanks for all the insights. It's fantastic. Thank you for having me. I've, I've enjoyed it. Yeah. Thanks, Leslie. So Leslie Hassler. Uh, now you can reach Leslie at uh, scalingrich.com and you can definitely take on that quiz that we just talked about. Uh, now you could also reach her at yourbizrules.com. So that's with a Z or a Z, depending on which country you're in, yourbizrules.com. And yeah, just thanks so much, Leslie. It was fantastic to have you on the show and talk about Cash Forward and all your insights. Um, really appreciate your time today. Thank you. As always, help you, happy to share. Thank you so much. Thank you. And and so, yeah, so as, uh, thank you for coming to our show today. And as you fans and listeners of Off My Duff, uh, go out into the world to make your impact in the world. Make sure you do one thing for me, please. And that's to teach what you love Live from your truth. I'm Duff Gardner, and I'll see you next time. Bye now. Hey, everyone. I'm Duff Gardner, and you've been listening to my show, Off My Duff, the Entrepreneur Podcast, where we're all about getting off your backside and making your impact by living your truth. If you're like me and you're an entrepreneur with a heart to help others, you need an offer that sells. An offer that sells helps you get traction with your business, more sales, more clients, more gigs, more fans, and more deals, period. And here's what I believe. Your offer is the purest expression of your truth. So that's why I've created a free ebook, Offers That Sell, the eight-step revenue breakthrough system. Simply go to offersthatsell.com forward slash book to grab your free copy, and you can even follow it up with a chat with me, should you wish. It's been wonderful to have you here with us today. And as you get off your backside to make your impact on the world, Remember one thing, 
teach what you love, live from your truth. I'm Duff Gardner. See you next time. Bye now.